This is the Palo Buzz, your source for all things digital marketing and technology. I'm Keith, content marketer and copywriter for Palo Creative. Happy belated new year. How exciting is this? Our first podcast of 2019. Woo! Yay! Yay. Confetti! (laughs) So to start the year, we're going to be talking about uh, marketing trends in Instagram and Facebook. We'll also be talking about Remember Bing? Well, it's making a comeback. And local search versus national. Is Google causing a disruption impacting impacting your business visibility? All that and much more on the Palo Buzz. The Palo Creative team is here. We have Jim Camara, Digital Media Director, John Elias, Marketing Media Manager, and then our two digital marketers, Ryan Kalock and Stephanie Marsico. Hi. How's Hi. everyone doing? Yeah. Pretty good. good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> well, uh, Ryan, um, there's some changes with Facebook happening. Yeah. Or is it on a delay? Well, it's kind of both, I okay. guess. Um, yeah, so Facebook, uh, this past May, they announced they were working on uh, something called a clear history feature, and this would allow uh, users to remove browsing history from their accounts. The clear history feature is in response to uh, Facebook's ongoing privacy concerns. Uh, this was a big topic topic last year and will most likely remain one in the upcoming months. Uh, there hasn't been much news on it until earlier this week when it was confirmed by Facebook execs that uh, the feature would start to roll out sometime uh, this spring. Uh, this, uh, the clear history is going to allow users to basically um, remove any identifying uh, history features of uh, any websites they've browsed uh, and apps they've used. And this is bad news for uh, you know marketers like us because it does mean that uh, it's going to prohibit advertisers from using this data for ad retargeting purposes. It's going to make our jobs just a little bit harder. Uh, we saw a lot of restrictions on targeting throughout 2018, but you know, despite all these restrictions, Facebook does remain a very powerful ad- a platform to advertise on. Do you know if the feature is going to be hard for someone to go about of clearing their, their browsing history? Do you think it's going to be multiple clicks to get to where they need to be? I think it's probably going to be multiple clicks. It's going to okay. be like some of the other like kind of hidden features. Um, yeah, it's probably going to be a couple clicks from there's so many features in Facebook, it, it's hard to see them all. And a lot of them are really cool. I remember one time, I, I believe I ran into my history tab, and it showed everything I did on Facebook. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> That's a lot of information tucked into there because it shows what you liked, right? What you shared, yep. things you said. It is all being tracked in there, kind of behind the scenes. It is. Sometimes you forget it. Well, Stephanie, what's happening in the world of Instagram? Yeah, so uh, um, if you've been on Instagram lately, you know that Instagram Stories is really booming. Um, They were introduced a few years ago, and since then, they've really become extremely popular for everyday users and now businesses. Um, So Instagram marketers are actually saying that Stories are starting to be treated like a whole separate social media platform within Instagram with all the different fun ways you can now use them. Um, and so today I thought I'd just share a couple quick ideas on using Instagram stories in 2019 to kind of beef up your Instagram strategy. Um, one awesome way I've been seeing businesses using stories is the promotion of their blogs. So when you publish a new blog on your website, you should also be sharing it on social, of course. And, and now Instagram stories is another great place you can also be promoting it. Um, One fun way to do this is to open with some sort of question and then you can add the poll sticker. So there's like a little icon and you click that and you'll see the poll sticker. 
and this will give you the option to type two answers you would like your audience to choose from and then you can post a second Instagram story a little later that gives them the answer to that question and then encourage them to check out like your latest blog to learn more about that topic. Um, so I'll give you kind of an example of how this could be used if you are um, in the healthcare industry. So say you're a dentist and you have a blog on maybe like drinks that are bad for your teeth. You can run a poll that asks um, your audience which drink is like worse for your teeth and then people have the option to choose either coffee or soda um, and then in your second Instagram story well you'll you'll give the answer um, you can simply then type like learn more about the top five worst drinks for your teeth or something like that um, it seems kind of goofy but it really lets you show off some personality and it gets people you know more engaged with your brand in more of like a subconscious way um, you can also use Instagram story polls for true false questions, um, did you knows, fun facts, um, and of course this doesn't just have to be to promote your blog so you can tell your business's story through a simple did you know, um, little things like that can really help increase exposure and authenticity. And more interaction with your followers. Yeah, more interaction with your followers. And what's cool is your Instagram stories will pop up right at the top of your Instagram feed. So the newest story will be first. So once you, you know, post a story, followers are able to immediately see it at the top of their Instagram feed and just click on it and go right through it. So it's just another fun way. To, you so know, I'm wondering, so the people you follow or the companies you follow, you're going to see, like if they post a story, that'll be the first story in line, face. I so you're going to want to do it if you're going to do it kind of want to do it kind of frequently yeah right? definitely so that's why businesses are actually creating their own strategies for instagram stories um and also these kind of require a different kind of creative too so you still want to be using you know those nice looking graphics that are um instagram story size Mm -hmm. yep. And video, I'm and sure. And video. Yeah, um, videos are great to post tools. on Instagram story too. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's just a cool little option that's out there for our businesses to, you know, increase exposure and engagement. Should we dress the elephant in the room about Instagram? What is it? What happened last oh, week? The freak oh, out. Uh, there was it's a freak out. The update. Who saw it? I did. Did it, you? It, it yeah. was only on for about 20, like, less than 20 minutes. I think I, I had it too. Like, my, so, in case you're not aware, last week... Instagram was rolling out. They were testing a horizontal feed over the vertical feed, yeah. and people were losing their minds over it. <laughs> you had to tap it to get to the next oh, one. It wasn't a slide. You had to tap yeah. it. Like yeah. the actual feed, you had to like slide. Yeah, like, oh, it was like a slider going oh, horizontally. You had yeah, to tap the image to get to the next one. It was weird. That's how Snapchat is kind of set up mm -hmm. right now, and people didn't like that either. So they've been testing it since October, and I. It sounds like what happened was it went out to more users than what they were hoping for. So causing the bit of a hysteria, people losing their minds over the Instagram. So I don't know moving forward. I mean, if that's where they're eventually headed. I hope not. I doubt it. I just wanted to maybe get some feedback or reaction to what people thought it was going to be. Maybe. Yeah. Well, so. I think it was a mistake on their end, right? I don't think they meant to do that, you know, but... Hmm. They said it was an accident on someone's end. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what I read. Yeah. I don't know. You're right, though. It was an accident, though. Mm -hmm. So, Well, PPC managers and advertisers, they are pretty excited right now because of something that's going on with Bing. John, what is, what is Bing leveraging that has people so thrilled? Yeah, so 
the real question is, is 2019 the year Bing makes a strong return? Mm. So as many people are aware, uh, two years ago Microsoft bought LinkedIn and advertisers on Bing have been patiently waiting for access to LinkedIn's audience data. Um, earlier this year, they launched Microsoft launched an audience network um, and kind of teased some of that targeting data, but now it's going to be opened to all Bing users, or Bing advertisers, rather. Um, so that's huge because if anybody here has done, you know, that listening has done LinkedIn ads, you know that you can target by title, company, uh, groups, you know, company size, you know, really important information that uh, you can really filter down your campaigns by. Um, and it also helps that LinkedIn has more than 575 million global members. So it's a big deal. I think it's cool. Um, and yeah, it's something that I think is going to move a lot, maybe not a lot more money, but at least move the needle a little bit in terms of how much share Bing gets in marketing campaigns. Well, there, there's a lot of good users on Bing for sure, mm -hmm. especially because uh, when you, you know, when you set up a new PC, it's still your default browser. Mm -hmm. I, I just set up a new PC a couple weeks ago, I had to turn it off, put Chrome back on as my default browser. Uh, there are people uh, in like professional corporate environments where Bing is the preferred, uh, well, Microsoft Internet Explorer is the preferred browser and they leave Bing connected as the main search oftentimes. So they're not in Chrome, they're not mm -hmm. defaulted to, to Google Chrome search. So. There's a lot, there's people that uh, you know are very valuable in that audience. So if you can micro-target them with LinkedIn yeah. targeting, uh, you know that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. It says it works across text ads, shopping ads, and basically all Bing search products. But it is only in the U.S. right now. Um, it's just available in the U.S. So exciting stuff. It is really good wow. stuff. Mm -hmm. Jim, you had said something interesting earlier in the office. You used an analogy um, in the past, or back back in the good old days. If you wanted to take a trip, you would go to your local travel agent. Well, that all changed when Expedia came out and then TripAdvisor, and they eliminated that middle person disrupting the marketplace. And now you have examples such as with mortgages, where you don't need to go see a mortgage originator. You can get it online or through an app. And... And now, so, so when someone searches for your particular offering, so how is search results being affected by that, Jim? So, right, uh, over time, I think this is something that happens little by little, um, where the online presence of services that are no longer local affects search results and affect the way the market works. And I'm going to use one of those buzzwords that you're not supposed to use anymore. Have you guys seen those lists, the top 10 buzzwords you should never, ever yep. use again or hated no, buzzwords? Actually. I mean, they're, yeah, they're just like attacking people that use buzzwords. And one of my favorite ones that you're not supposed to use, but I'm going to say a bunch of times is disintermediation. Oof. Try saying that <laughs> 10 times fast. <laughs> right? Yes. Well, if you use a buzzword all the time, you just get used to it. So, uh, th yeah, the travel industry was one of the first examples of, uh, uh, well, the, hey, they also use the word paradigm shift. The paradigm <laughs> is that you went to your local travel agent and they got disintermediated by online services that cut them out. You know, they cut them uh, the middleman out, which was at that time the travel agent. They're still travel agents, but you don't necessarily go to one for an airline ticket 
you can go right to the airlines or like you said, Expedia. So this happens to other businesses as well. Um, airlines were one of the first and also travel related were hotels. So hotels were, were cut out um, and then that's actually uh, shifting a little bit. Hotels are still booking directly now. Some hotels have a best rate guarantee. So there's a little pushback on this, but hotels was you know right after airline tickets. And there's other industries that this is happening to now and it's kind of in flux. So we're talking about this because it's affecting one of our clients currently in the mortgage business. So, you know, Rocket Mortgage and other online lenders are aggressively moving into the mortgage space. They're buying up Google ads. They're doing a lot of SEO work, so they rank really well. And now Google actually plays a part, of, actually a big part in your search results. So um, and the, what came up was it's the difference between a national search and a local search. So what used to happen is if you're looking for a mortgage loan, and you, you get the yellow pages. So your local yellow pages tells you about your local banks and your local lenders. So the uh, same thing online, if you type in the word mortgage, you know, do you get a national listing of mortgage providers or do you get a local listing of mortgage providers? And it makes a huge difference on who shows up. If you're a local person, everybody knows it's easier to show up on local search results than it is national because national, you're up against mortgage lenders they have they have all the money <laughs> so it's kind of like the insurance business you know the mortgage business is very competitive um, Wells Fargo and other mortgage lenders are going to show up really high at the top so we did some some testing on mortgage and if you type the word in mortgage into Google you, you get a little bit of a combination you get a lot of national information and then you do get local search results which are the map three pack but they're way down the page so if you add one word to that, mortgage lender, the local search results come way up the page. So Google says, oh, mortgage lender, you must be looking for a person. And that means you might you know, want to talk to them. It should be a local mm -hmm. service provider. So Google shifted from a, a mix of local and national to local for the word mortgage lender. Now, here's where we were running into issues with a, a, a mortgage uh, broker, mortgage provider that we work with, there's types of mortgages that don't trigger local results. And then the one that we were using as an example, it's called a renovation loan. If you type the word renovation loan into Google, it no longer provides any local information. You will not find a local person. You find only national mortgage lenders. So now you just cut out anybody in your neighborhood or in, you know that provides that service so google cut them out by the way they're determining what's a local or a national search result mm -hmm. so if you type in pizza it's always going to be local because google knows that's a local search, right. that's a local search. something mm -hmm. else you know what what else is going on that google is you know yeah, right. influencing i'm not going to say they're manipulating it but they certainly could if somebody like Lending Tree or I keep seeing Nerd Wallet all over the place. Mm -hmm. Nerd Wallet is super aggressive online. Um, they're they're showing up all over. And, and this is if you didn't buy an ad, of course, you can always just buy a search ad and be at the top of the of the ads mm -hmm. if you're gonna if you're gonna pay the money. And again, that's kind of like pushing out the the local 
guy, the uh, local service provider that was, you know, providing mortgages for you um, because they may not have the budget to compete against the large national lenders, which are taking up that the four spots on top of Google. So obviously, like you said, you could spend more money, increase your budget, but is there any other way that a business can influence those search results? So you can always influence search results as a business. It just depends on how, how much resources you have to put towards your search engine optimization. Uh, a, a local person you know, can, can rank locally in a, in a particular city um, with a, a moderately aggressive SEO budget, um, but you know, you're not gonna rank on the national search if you're a local branch. You, you have to be a big, uh, putting in a, putting out a lot of content, putting a lot of effort into your search engine optimization for that specific you know, type of service. Um, Google's completely in control of what's a local search or what's a national search. So you, ha you actually have no influence on that whatsoever. If you're a small local guy, you'd have to hope to rank <laughs> top 10 in one of the, the biggest mm -hmm. industries in the United mm -hmm. States competing against tens of thousands of other providers that also would like to be on the first page of Google. There's only 10 spots. So, um, you know, you'll see when you do a Google search, how many search results were found. So on mortgages, let me go up here. So there's 714 million pages that uh, come back for mortgage. So you want to be top 10 out of <laughs> 714 million. <laughs> so now if it's a local search result, I mean, there may only be 50 providers locally. Some of them are still big banks. You're, you're kind of lucky to even be one of those. Right. On a local result, depending on your location. You know, if you type in a location indicator, um, like near me or a city, now that will override Google's national mm -hmm. results. So, um, so, Keith, I guess that's more of a consumer education point. So you, you can't tell Google to show me national or local, but you, as a person searching, you can say near me and then get a local result. So you can say mortgage near me and you're automatically gonna get a local result. And the near me searches have been growing exponentially, you know, month over month, probably day over day mm -hmm. as, as people deal with this. They're like, no, I, I don't wanna learn about renovation no, mortgages. I want one, I wanna talk to somebody, <laughs> so that type in near me. Mm -hmm. And that's more of a consumer education our search consumer education type of yeah. issue. So what's the good news then? <laughs> I was say, what is? No, there isn't any. <laughs> so the projection is, is that Google is going, like Google, why wouldn't Google like NerdWallet? I mean, come on, it's like made for Googlers, right? So if you're Google, as time goes on 10 years from now, there may not be a local search for mortgages. It may be all online. Mm-hmm as consumers become more used to originating a loan online, that they, the mortgage industry could potentially get disintermediated just like travel industry did if they're not careful. Well, I um, feel like there's a lot of industries where that's happening in. One in particular, it's called Smile Direct Club. I don't know if you've heard of it. But no, tell, tell you me. <laughs> you don't need to go to a dentist or orthodontist if you want to correct issues with your teeth. You can actually order a kit online. They send it to you. And then you do your impressions yourself, and they'll send you oh, your, uh, okay. your actual aligners. 
Oh. So they're disrupting that marketplace. Wow. And then even with like health kits and so forth, you can just order it online, do all your testing on your own and send it back. So, so that's not cutting out the middleman. That's cutting out this the, professional. The, yes. <laughs> the end that's supposed You're, to be doing the job. Right. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. You're right, though. Ten years from now, we'll just all be at home, ordering everything, never leaving the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. Sounds good. I want to know more buzzwords we shouldn't be using. There's lists yeah. of them out there. Yeah. And if you I use them, that. yeah, people like now oh. they're you're get degraded. What's your least favorite buzzword, Keith? Oof, and that's tough. Um, new year, new you. That's a buzzword. Put me on the spot. I don't know. What's yours? May I go off of yours? I'm like deep dive. Deep dive. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't, I don't like it. Or the new one I've caught, I don't know if you want to call it a buzzword, but when people speak and they say, right, right, I don't think it's a right, either. what would no. you call that? I've noticed that when, if you, look that if you see a TED talk. Because I hate it is what it is. It is yeah, what it is. Or do you know what I mean? No. That's idiom. Do you know what that's I mean? That's an idiom. It is. Yeah, they're just very, like, like we popularly use, or they're being used CEOs a lot, almost use like it. buzzwords. CEOs use, use it, and then mm. in TED talks I hear, right? 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 Yeah, I do hear that a lot too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I used that today. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, we have an interesting fun fact. Besides the, all that, all those <laughs> fun facts. <laughs> Besides all those fun facts. Yeah. Are you single? If so, uh, Sunday, January 6th is the time to be on, uh, on Tinder. Oh, this Sunday. Yes. So apparently, it's like Super Bowl Sunday. It is. Oh, wait, are we allowed to say Super Bowl on a podcast? No, I don't think mm, we can. So That's trademark. That out. Which gonna bleep it out. There's a story about that. The NFL just sorry to get you off track. Yeah. The NFL just re, uh, agreed to has an agreement with Caesars Entertainment mm -hmm. uh, to market. They're allowed to use that word that we can't say. Yes, we can't say that word, and okay. we can use it. Ah, yeah. Nice. Um, but back to the whole, what is happening on January 6th, it's actually the largest day for online dating. And Jim, you had a theory behind they're this. They're actually Th dating on Sunday or they're getting on. They're getting on to, to participate in online. Yes. They're dating. getting on your sites, such as your Tinders and your hinges and so forth to hopefully meet love. So maybe it's part of the news resolution. And you said January 6th. January 6th. A week after the new year. Yes. Man. Now, what was your theory? Do you want to share that story? Yeah, yeah. So, so like, why this would be the biggest time for dating? Yeah, I think it's because you don't break up right before Christmas. <laughs> so if you're going to break up, you're all of a sudden single after Christmas, right? And Jim did say, because I asked, well, do you give the gift back? And you, and you said, no, do not give the gift back. Well, I'm sure, it depends on what it is. You could end up in the people's court. <laughs> so, I know some people that are so like a sweater. Issues, you similar could... issues, but yeah, it depends on what the gift is. But yeah, you don't want to break up right before Christmas, especially you know if you already bought a gift for somebody, and uh, you know it's just hard. Christmas is a hard time to break up with somebody. You yeah, just, you just don't it do is. that to, to somebody, which means you have to buy them a present. So mm -hmm. then you buy them a present, and then after the New Year's, you really just, that, that's okay to, to, to do it then. 
Because it's like uh, you're not gonna, you know, go into a holiday depression at that point. It's like no, a, right? a New Year's depression. <laughs> so you can keep the sweater, but you have to give back the boat. Oh, hmm. What's that from? <laughs> that was just I don't know. Not if you're a rapper. <laughs> not if you're a rap star. Somebody really famous. Because that, like that just means no, that's that just like, just... A, like like if it, like I'm not buying anybody a, a boat anyway, nah. unless we're already married. Like a bathtub boat. <laughs> but yeah, so that was the fun fact there. So, so why else? Why else would you? Would that be like the busiest day for online dating, January sixth? Resolution. It's like a new year, a yeah. fresh start. A new yeah. year. And oh, okay. mm-hmm. you do have Valentine's Day approaching. Oh, oh. that's yeah. yeah. That's the biggest. Are you looking for something? I guess you don't want to be lonely for Valentine's Day. Okay. But if it's a weekday, though, I mean, if Valentine's Day on a weekday, it's like, yeah, yeah you're busy. I feel like. To do. Mm-hmm. Two. I mean, it's wintertime. It's kind of, you're not going to be outside doing much. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go on the phone and find a girl. Go yeah. ice skating? Yeah. <laughs> By yourself? <laughs> like, I don't know. Right. How are you going to celebrate the big day? I haven't thought that. I, haven't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably on Bubble. Next episode. Next episode. What we all did on January 6th. On next week's episode, we'll have an update on what Ryan did (laughs) on National Singles Day. Nice. So, on that note, then, for Jim, John, Brian, and myself, thanks. And Steph. We forgot Steph. Thanks for listening to the Pile of Buzz. You can find us on SoundCloud and the iTunes Store. So, until next time, this has been. The Palo Buzz. Buzz.